0: From New York City, the
1: Comedy Cellar and Rethink Production present Live
0: from America Podcast.
1: We will make America great again. How about
2: news, you crazy Dutch bastard? Live
1: from America Podcast.
3: I have a dream one day.
1: No, 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 excuse me, just so you understand. We can't be the stupid country anymore.
3: Live from America podcast.
1: I believe we can keep the promise of our founding. The idea that if you're willing to work hard, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you look like or where you love. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white or Hispanic or Asian or Asian.
4: Just words, folks. It's just words. This is Live, Live
3: From America, America Podcast with Noam Dorman and Hadam Gab.
4: Hey, welcome to uh, Live From America Podcast from the Comedy Cellar in New York City. I'm here with uh, comedian Derek Humphrey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Comedian Matthew Brousseau, right Hello. Hi. And producer Stephen Calabria. Uh, and our guests, uh, author and writer Steve uh, Stacy Horn, how you doing? I'm good, huh? And Noam Dorman, here. of course. How you doing? Hi, hot. Are you ready? You ready I, for this?
5: Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready.
4: Okay, let's go. Do, do you guys want to, uh, I want to talk about, just before we interview Stacy and talk about her books, about the uh, Saudi writer that was, uh, we don't know if he's killed or kidnapped or whatever. What do you think our reaction should be to that?
5: I have to be honest, I haven't been following it that much.
4: Of course, because he's a Saudi. No, I, j- I just,
5: I've been so busy the last couple of days. I'm sure I'm against it.
2: Well, didn't didn't Turkey come out either yesterday or today with audio showing that he had been uh, killed? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: audio, but I don't know if the audio was like the like a microphone in the room where he was being killed it was it was it that or was it like people discussing the plan people
4: discussing yeah that was
1: oh Oh, it was the specifics of the doctor like document like well i was advised to listen to music while i did it because that would calm me yeah you know this stressful and they
2: apparently cut off his head and all his His fingers fingers, yeah yeah Yeah, they had a bone saw that they took on the uh, well
4: first of all you need to know that this guy is pretty big he's like like Tom broker or something. Like, he's, he's, he's huge. Excite- I mean, oh, thought th- you
1: meant phys- physically. No, uh, yeah, I was going <laughs> <say, like, laughs> no, no. so, I mean, to say. Like, I they went through, like, two saws. They just got <laughs> <going>. <laughs> Like uh, Luca Brasi?
4: Yeah. So And he went to the embassy and he came out. But Trump
1: says... Why did he go to the embassy? How was he lured there? He
4: was uh, there to pick up some documents. Oh. And usually when you go... Like, he went to the embassy a few times in the U.S. Obviously, nothing's going to happen to him here. Uh, and UK, but Turkey, he thought because it's a European nation, nothing's going to happen to him there either.
1: Right? It's like reverse Benghazi.
4: Yeah, exactly. And it's
1: like oh, supposed to, that's the place you're supposed to be safe is inside.
4: Yeah, yeah. But nope. Uh, but but Trump said uh, we cannot punish the Saudi because we have so mu- much money with them. Did he say that? He didn't, yeah. All he I didn't heard say is that. him deflecting. That they he said had any he response. said we have 110 10 billion dollars in business, deal. and they're going to go to China or Russia. So, Stacey, how you feel about this, being <laughs> <You know>, a writer? <laughs> like, what do you think the reaction should about
0: be? About a man being dismembered, tortured, murdered? No, about
4: our reaction to it, totally ignoring it.
0: Well, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny that your first reaction to him being described as big was a very literal, oh, he's a big oh, man. Oh, <laughs> uh. yeah. But uh, you mean the reaction around the table? Yeah. I'm surprised you all know as much as you do about the details of what happened. I mean, like a bone saw New- was yeah. involved. I
3: read the I read the New York Times today. I mean, it's, he, he loves that stuff. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He a, a, oh, that's my middle name. Bone uh,
4: saw.
5: Uh, I love
1: Dexter.
4: I do too. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. No, but isn't is
5: the real question here without without getting details is these are countries that kill people all the time that that are that are that are human rights violators all the time that i mean how many uh, yemenis have died how many you know how many, how many syrians have died and then we we catch this one like really red-handed incident and all of a sudden we we pretend that this is different than what we know has been going on all the time and that, and real politics We we look away to just we look for some excuse to avoid it because in the end uh, the the alliances and whatever it is that you know I don't even know everything that's at stake in the Saudi American relationship um, of course is more important. In a way,
4: but it's it's not the murder. On the other hand, we we don't want to create. It's not even the murder itself. It's It's the reaction. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's the reaction of us and saying money is more important. Well,
1: those comments were clarified by Trump today, and I. I, I, It's still not okay to me. But he said, you know, we're looking into it and seeing, and we will once we figure out. Right? You know, I mean, look at his look at whatever his last name is. uh, His Wikipedia page right now, it's still in present tense, is. Yeah. He disappeared. They're not confirming his death, so they're not gonna. like yeah, you know, maybe maybe the investigation is going to be shitty, and they're going to be like, oh, well, we can't tell. So maybe you just like went on a vacation. That's well, probably that,
0: exactly what will happen that, because that is money what happen. is. Yep. Yeah,
1: well, it's, you, you could just, ima- it, it, It's it's almost refreshing that he admits that money is the issue. Yeah, but it's terrible it's not, that, it's that that's his reaction. Money.
5: It's not just money. It's also the the, 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 the fight against Iran. Yeah. I mean, you could imagine in the Obama White House, this comes out, and they're in the middle of. Uh, a relationship with the Saudis spying on Iran. Who knows what kind of intelligence is being shared? We have no idea what the nature of this whole relationship is. And, and you would imagine them saying, well, you know, how can we – how do we get out of this? I'm like, I, I, I just so cynical about real politics. Um, well, they sent with Mike, good Mike, reason. they yeah, sent Mike yeah. Pompeo to go talk to
3: yep. the Saudis, and then he was just like smiling and yucking it up. He yeah. didn't ask him anything about it. Well, you, you he don't said,
5: know. You don't know what they do. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, he, said, is, no,
3: no he, he said pre, He said they didn't want to talk about the facts, so we didn't talk about the facts. That's on record. That's right. what Mike Pompeo but said. said so so they like, they don't want to talk about it. They us. don't want to talk about it. They just want to gloss it over because oh, we have this All right, relationship with But that. there's always stuff. Does, what are they that they you don't
1: know about. Oh, <laughs> you're <laughs> like, pictures of my daughter. Like, oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. Are you but on the Facebook? Uh, <laughs> it's just
0: another thing where we're all going to ap- React with outrage and nothing will change. Well, these
1: extrajudicial <laughs> killings have ramped up, and I don't know the precedent, but I, they seem to be a more rare thing yeah. if it's not between two warring countries. And if they kill someone else of, of another background, on other soil, that's a bad precedent. We saw that with Kim Jong-un's brother. We saw that with uh, the, yep. the Russian spy in UK. Mm-hmm. These are bad things diplomatically. They don't look good. They make a lot of news. And there needs to be... I mean, just appease me. Do something. Do something to make it look like they will suffer consequences for acting so lawless. I, I feel like I sound like like a, a, an old school homophobe, but it's like kill who you want to kill in your own country. Yeah, just yeah, don't yeah. bring it outside. You know, like
4: it's true. It's true. Yeah, I,
3: mean, I mean, we can only be like isolationist and if we want to like cut off any ties with anybody who does any bad dealings. We get all our our clothes from third world countries that have child, horrible child labor. Like where are we gonna, where are we going to draw the moral line at? Was who we gonna
5: do on the
1: borders? <laughs> that, that's when you draw the border line. When they when they step outside the borders and kill someone who's not a you know
5: sure sure yeah yeah. Uh- so this guy they killed was Turkish, right? But he wrote for America. He was Saudi papers, Arabian. Like- Saudi, yeah he, no. Saudi? yeah, he
1: was Saudi. Yeah, he was. He had long fled, and he was living in America.
4: Uh, he he wrote for the Washington Post. He's he's a, he's a huge writer, but yeah,
1: they're just and they're, they're, they're that that regime seems drunk with power. They, they didn't they really whine and die in Trump during his tour there's the a yeah. picture of them dancing Yeah, yeah. and he it's, it's, suddenly changed his tune I don't, I
4: don't even mean, care about this just anymore I just I care about like our reactions to, it's getting so low it's like
1: we're being worn down like
4: yeah
0: we, we have been worn down that's exactly yeah. it
2: yeah. yeah. and by the end of the week we'll be talking about something completely different exactly. that
0: we're
5: that's the beauty of Trump yeah, but every administration yeah, we'll like be less. talking about how
1: Pete and Ariana got back together
5: yeah oh did they no they
1: will but you Open your eyes, as I said. There's some good in this world.
5: Every administration for like the last fifty years has been kissing the ass of the Saudis for for whatever reason they have. Uh, Oil, money, yeah, oil, the Middle East, intelligence, whatever it is. I think it's more than Trump whining and dining, being whined and dined by a, 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 a Saudi monarch. Huh. We've Love also that.
3: never had this level of transparency uh, in our time in our life. Like there, everybody has a phone in their pocket with a video camera, and everybody's a journalist now. And like it, we just are able to see so much more, and the news cycle is so different. Yeah, literally ten been. seconds ago,
2: I got another Khashoggi final column uh, from HuffPost. Like what they're publishing, yeah. They're, uh, the Washington Post published his final column.
1: Oh, mm. um, so says, get, says says also, Yeah. So the Post is standing behind the fact that he's been murdered. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So Stacey, let's talk about your books. Five different books, <laughs> totally different,
0: and all equally depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have- that was you, just what we were talking about. Like a lot of, t- I wrote this book about um, Blackwell's Island, mm-hmm. which is what Roosevelt Island was uh, called in the 19th century. And it's basically, it's nonfiction, but it reads like a horror story because of Mm -hmm. all the terrible things that happened there. And people keep asking, oh, well, what was it like when you read the book about all these people? And I go, it just felt like today, you know, where every day I read about something bad that's happened and everyone says we've got to do something about it and then we don't.
4: Yeah. This, this this book should, it could have been a movie, like it's just like Shadow Island, kind of. When I was exactly. living, the highlight is just like so dark and I couldn't believe yeah. what
0: I found. Whoa. And my publisher wanted me to find so a happy ta- ending. About, about you have an Arabic version of this book? <laughs> no, I
4: do my research. You
5: read this in, book? in English? In
4: English, something something.
0: You read the pass.
5: synopsis?
4: Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm dormant, everyone. Synopsis?
0: Synopsis? <laughs> yes.
4: Synopsis? Yeah. Synopsis, synopsis, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So Thank tell us about much. the book a little bit.
0: Well, the city bought the island in the early 19th century because Bellevue, which you know, is now known as a public hospital at the time was also where the city had um, the lunatic asylum, mm-hmm. the almshouse for the poor and a couple of penal institutions. And it was horribly overcrowded and inhumane. And they recognized this and that they had to do something about it. So they bought Blackwell's Island, which at the time was owned by one family and it was a bunch of fruit orchards. Mm-hmm. So, they saw it as a sanctuary. They figured, okay, we're going to build a brand new prison and make up for all the mistakes that we had before. An almshouse, state of the art lunatic asylum—that's what it was called at the time—and we would send people off to this island, and you know, for either re- reform or healing, you know, whatever their circumstances called for. And they would come back to the city in better shape. Mm-hmm. But one by one, as each institution went up, it just. It just went south almost immediately, and Charles Dickens visited the Lunatic Asylum three years after it opened, and he just described it as this horrible madhouse mad with people you know, naked in, this, in the hallways. Yeah. Just, I, I, I wish I had the quote in front of me, but basically he said he was ashamed for America.
1: Oh, wow.
4: Damn. And what made you want to write about this beautiful story?
0: For what, for whatever accident of my childhood, I've always been drawn to dark, morbid stories, particularly stories that are forgotten. And I think, in, if you live in New York, you're vaguely aware that something bad happened that on that island. If you walk, if you drive by, you see the ruins of a hospital there. But I don't think people know just how bad, how it, bad was. it was. How bad yeah, you're
5: like Winona Ryder in Beetlejuice what Winona rider in Beetlejuice like mm-hmm. she's really dark and always into oh, yeah, oh and then she yeah. doesn't
2: realize how being dead A is actually something really government. bad oh, okay yeah. all right yeah,
0: yeah. well the city just they made every mistake they <laughs> they be. underestimated how expensive it would be yeah. just how many poor people, how many criminals would ultimately be housed there so the poor was, people
4: were the same they labeled them as also crazy people
0: well that was the thing that was well, yeah
4: that,
5: well <laughs> that ugly. was the
0: uh, uh, well,
4: who would want to be who would want to be poor? Yeah, sure. You've
5: got to be crazy. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, but this the fact that they took these different groups of people, sent them away from Manhattan, and isolated them on another island created this association that probably was already there, but it really cemented the idea in the public mind that. Poor people and criminals and people with mental illness are all basically the same. They're all guilty of something. Poor people are thieves in disguise. The mentally ill are dangerous. And it's really better that they're off away from us together.
5: When actually the mentally ill are blameless. Oh, really? Okay. A little dark humor coming out. This is still
1: weirdly uplifting.
0: <laughs> so they did to save Nobody's money. They me. did wonderful things, like they took um, convicts—people who had been convicted of crimes—and yeah. sent to these prisons and had them working as nurses and attendants in the lunatic asylum.
1: Oh wow! How wow. much of how much of the, the the horrible stuff that happened there was a the result of like corruption or skimming off or people trying to like save money in ways that hurt people?
0: Or? Well, these were public institutions, so they were paid for by taxes. So it mm-hmm. was a matter of—
1: So they ran perfectly? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. And corruption—I don't know corruption's corruption is the right word. It, it was run by uh, three men, uh-huh. um, and it was run by this department that went by a bunch of names, but ultimately it was called the Department of Public charities and correction. So charity and correction all together in the same department. Three men who had no experience in any of these areas. So, <laughs> It's
5: all like Trump appointees. <laughs> like Trump well, they would be interim appointees. If true. But
0: it was a very powerful position. They were responsible for all the penal institutions and all the charitable institutions on Manhattan and all the surrounding islands. So it was a lot of jobs, a lot of money. And so even though they had no expertise and did a very poor job, they Appointed based on who they knew mm. So that kind of corruption
1: And that they were on a, a reality show Previously with the- <laughs> no. That's, I, I was trying to think why this all Sounded so familiar This is a Carlin bit When he says, you know, the, anyone know the famous Carlin bit Where he's like, we take Dakota, Wyoming, yeah, right, Montana right, right. And we put fences around and put all the rapists in Montana We put uh. all the murderers in, my, yeah, in yeah, Wyoming yeah. And, and just see what happens It feels like that where you separate the, the worst
5: Okay, but like let's be like honest, airport, nothing's changed and maybe they're treating him mentally a little bit little bit better by letting him out in the street. but prisons are still as horrible as ever. People are raped and and assaulted, and, and Rikers is still there. tortured in yeah, well, prisons all through the country.
0: that's the thing. I end my book in eighteen ninety five because it was just a very positive year, the city was acknowledging all the mistakes and had taken steps with each institution to fix them. And they decided that the penitentiary and the workhouse, those were the two penal institutions on Blackwell's Island, were just so horrible they couldn't be fixed. So they bought Rikers Island instead and planned to once again build, you know, really modern penal institutions to fix all the mistakes that they had made previously. But their biggest mistake was thinking that the problems were in the buildings and not in how they were run. So, of course, Rikers... uh, When I wrote this book, I didn't know a lot about the criminal justice system. I mean, I had a a general sense from reading newspapers and listening to the news, but I didn't know in detail. So I end my book and I think, oh, I should have an epilogue. So I start researching Rikers Island and I I did things like I read a Department of Justice report about how teenagers were treated on Rikers Island. And the stuff that I read that was taking place now was so much worse than anything Uh, I read in the 19th century. Well, there were abuses, and I want to qualify that with there was a a penal institution for children on, I believe it was Randall's Island that I did not research for this book, and I suspect that that was very, very bad. But in the penitentiary and in the workhouse, it was still kind of professional. Like, I'm not going to say they were treated well, but there was nothing to compare to the stories that I read about how the teenagers, teenagers are being treated on Rikers Island now. And the one story that stuck out for me was this um, this kid um, had, I don't know, said Maldorf to a guard. So he later came into a classroom um, and pulled this kid out, and the teachers were instructed to look away. So when the kids went up to the window to see what was happening, she pulled them away. But she looked. And they just proceeded to beat the shit out of this kid. And it went on for a long time. So guards would come by later and go, oh, have you pepper sprayed him yet? And they go, no, go ahead. And she said he pe- pepper sprayed the kid just inches from his eye. And they just wailed on him. And, and there are stories through the board of teenagers ha- leaving that place, having to have steel plates put in their heads from beatings. I mean, it's just no, I read nothing like this in, in anything about the penal institutions on Blackwell's Island. In fact, the only improvement I can see that we have now is plumbing. <laughs>
1: Jesus. Wow. And they have wow. a rock wall. Wow. Yeah. You know,
4: what you for, so um, how, come, how, how is this legal? And, this,
0: and, the, and just reading that there are teenagers on Rikers Island, that killed me. Now, they are. They they did just change it, so now it's nobody under 18 is sent to Rikers, yeah. and the, the, the children that are there now are being removed. But in the 19th century, they had to fight and fight and fight and fight to get it up to 16. And then to read that, I mean, excuse me, to 14 – and then to read like 150 years later, it's only been edged up to 16. Yeah.
1: Is there something psychologically you think that about putting people on an island that makes things worse?
0: Yeah, yeah. So. Because uh, I, I, out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. and
2: they're not roaming the city when they get out. Or well. that's why Australia is such
1: a shit show. That's the yeah. whole <laughs> island, right?
5: You ever seen the movie Papillon with uh, Dustin Hoppin and Stephen yeah. Queen yeah. on Alcatraz, uh, no. uh, French Guiana? You know prison. It's a good movie. Anyway, oh. it's on an island, that's why.
0: But the Lunatic Asylum, which was also probably, well, it probably was the worst institution on the island, so I... I will never forget, I, I don't know if any of you saw this, but in the 70s, there was a documentary about um, a mental institution, and I'm sorry for calling it that, but I'm using the names that were used at the time.
1: It's
5: That's okay, like,
1: we, we use yeah, the N hey, word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you said lunatic, my 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 PC like alarm went off of like, I don't think they like that term anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: they, they, you got to turn shows. in the term every 10 years. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: But there, so there was an institution on um, Staten Island, I believe, called Willowbrook.
5: Yeah, with Geraldo Rivera. It
0: Exactly. Of all people, he went in undercover. Of all
5: people. <laughs> well,
0: for those of us who were adults at the time, he was a hero. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he went in with a camera. I was picturing
1: Greg Still Tiraldo. <laughs>
4: what? He was a
5: hero, too. Yeah, he was. But
2: so he goes in with a so camera. So he
0: goes in with the camera, and what that camera recorded is exactly what I learned about um, taking place on Blackwell's Island, but in my memory he 's going down a long hallway and down this hallway, um, sitting and or, or leaning against the wall or is patient after patient after patient. Half of them not in clothes, many of them sitting in their own feces and urine, rocking back and forth, screaming, crying, babbling. It was looked like a horror movie, and yet it was all real.
5: No, I, we had somebody in my family who was severely mentally ill, who went through horrible things in institutions, and it was it just, it's, it's just... Here
4: in the States? Yeah. Uh oh.
5: You think At that time, yeah. in the 60s and
4: 70s. So is that how it ended by, uh, by that documentary?
0: That had a lot to do with the movement to close down the large asylums and replace them with smaller so. groups, group yeah. homes. Well, except they made the same problem that um, the people in the 19th century ma- made, is that it's very, very expensive to do well. And these group homes don't exist anymore because they were too expensive to run. And
5: by the way, they had electric shock therapy, too. Which is a which was a feature at those days and lobotomies, Ooh. yeah. The yeah. lobotomies were earlier, but but, but and the,
4: and I Did think they the, say the electric shock is not no, no good anymore.
5: I, yeah, but the, the thing is actually, I, I think they, they, they say it, it actually does work in some so no, yeah, it made does made come back. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it
4: made a comeback, but uh,
0: hopefully they do it now. in
4: the Middle East and then here. But hope
5: <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully they do it now in some some kind of way that's humane. I mean, it, it, it like was, getting it, the electric shock. How are you going to be? How is going to be? I don't know. Put them to sleep. I don't know how you. I don't know anything about this.
1: What? Hypnosis <laughs> Hypnosis
5: yeah, <Meditation>. Acupuncture <laughs> <laughs> okay, the
1: yeah the Therapy dogs
2: I'm curious to know How did the incarceration Break down by race At the time And was the racial disparity As glaring as it is today
0: Well I wanted to make One more point about Sending them off to an island It It became very convenient and these two institutions the penitentiary in particular the workhouse the penitentiary was for people who were convicted of felonies Um, everything short of murder unless you were a woman. Women who were convicted of murder were often sent to the penitentiary Mm -hmm. and the workhouse was for people um, for minor crimes like disorderly conduct intoxication and so they just started sending people there more and more and more and more until the end the workhouse was the largest penal institution in the country. They were sending like 20 to 30, over 30,000 people there a year. And. I, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is happening in Williamsburg. but Yeah, opposite.
5: you don't have your headphones on, so you, you don't realize you're not talking into the mic. You don't have to. Just talk closer to the mic. Good. Yeah.
0: So I was surprised in the 19th century that there were very few African-Americans or people of color on Blackwell's Island. Why were you surprised? Where no, were they?
4: they? <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no. But where what are were you they? To say? Like, no. do, do do like? Were this? They had an institution for the poor. So, were so was nobody yeah. ever struggling financially? We know they were. Did you find the answer? What? Well, I think for for part of the reason was um, the way people of color were treated when it was still at Bellevue was so horrible. Um, I actually. Do you have a quote in my land? Yeah, sure. <laughs> no,
5: no, <Please>. you're not. <laughs>
0: it's going to take me a second. No- bath,
5: no. It's okay. Take
3: your time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll check my email. They were like, these lunatics. Uh...
0: All right. So this was a description of the alms house when it was at uh, Bellevue.
5: Now, what do alms mean? A L M S.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm.
5: basically like a charitable. Uh, um, okay. like cha- I remember that had the Robin yeah. Hood
1: movie, one of the same alms, 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 alms for the poor. Yeah, I've heard the alms <laughs> for the poor. I never know what it meant.
0: <laughs> so if you had, if you were out of money, no place to go, this is where you went. Except because it was so crowded. One of the things that they did, and this is something that still exists today, they divided the poor into two groups: the worthy poor and the unworthy poor. The worthy poor were people like widows, disabled veterans, and children anyone else, if you were poor, you were put in the unworthy category. And because you were unworthy or if you had financial problems, it was a result of your moral failings and not anything else. Not like the fact that if you were Irish, you couldn't get a job or you're a woman, you couldn't get a job. And so your only option was that you were, you were not eligible for relief. So if you needed a place to go, you would have to get yourself convicted. Uh, you have to go to police court and get convicted and sent to the workhouse. And so now your, your poverty has become a crime. So, we're, oh, so African Americans. Um, so, in the almshouse, so there's a description of the almshouse in the early 19th century. In the building assigned to colored subjects was an exhibition of squalid misery never witnessed by your commissioners in any public receptacle for even the most abandoned dregs of human society. Here was a scene of neglect and filth and putrefaction and vermin. Um, the same apparel and the same bedding had been alternately used by the sick, the dying, the convalescent, and those in health. It was a scene, the recollections of which are too sickening to describe. And then describing the same scene, but for, excuse me, a different area where the children were, uh the colored children were found collected in the cellar under under the care of a man of intemperate habits who was also at intervals deranged so what happened was the African- American community themselves got together um, and put uh, created their own institutions, the Colored Home for Adults and the Colored Orphan Asylum for Children. And so if people of color had a problem, this was where they went rather than Blackwell's Island. And they actually got a lot better care there than they did on Blackwell's Island. And the commissioners who realized that they were actually responsible for these citizens started contributing to the care of people who went there.
5: Oh, that's that's, that's nice, I guess. I, one little, I, I wonder what was little... the
4: definition of mentally ill at that time. Like Like if you have depression, you'll be... Yeah. <laughs> or was it just all over the map
0: it, yeah, there wasn't really a lot of literature it was beco- coming into being yeah. in the 19th century but you could be sent to the lunatic asylum you know just for having anxiety attacks or your husband was tired of you and yeah. wanted to get rid of you also so
4: there's some good things in that <laughs> <laughs> so, just,
0: just because
5: I want to make sure I said. so you're saying that they, they so they so they they started contributing to the to sustain the, the,
4: the colored institutions yes so When you say sent, who who sent them?
0: Well, it was very easy to get someone committed in those days. Um, You you still had to get a judge um, to um, sign a commitment um, Mm -hmm. paper, but you could pay a judge to do that.
1: Um, So, wow,
0: it's different days. Pretty pretty opposite.
1: Now everyone's like looking to have something. Exactly. Like like I have a a seasonal depression. Yeah. (laughs) Anything for a retreat.
3: Yeah. That's crazy yeah, It's cloudy out I feel sad
5: You know that's To
3: the
1: island To, to the, the
5: island, island. <laughs> No so, so what does it tell us About human nature I mean nothing's changed Right People are still people People are still Capable of the same Cruelty and neglect Burecra- Bureaucracies Are still Thank bureaucracies you, Thank you Matthew You're leaving Yeah he, He's got a spot I think by that
0: well that 's what I kept thinking, like I would read about these um, wardens and superintendents that ran these institutions, and you know I, I would always start thinking they 're the bad guy they 're the bad guy they 're the bad guy and once I started looking into it, it was like maybe they did not run that institution well, but they were rarely evil people they they were just in a situation where they couldn't get money, like I read, the, the the department put out annual reports every year. So I read every single one, and the wardens were always very like open about how terrible it was. I, I mean, you can't read annual reports this frank now, yeah. and they w- they would beg for money, and they just never got it.
5: Well, well it's, it's, it's it's. I'm sorry, people are very adaptable, and that's. Um a negative thing about human nature and a positive thing. It's positive because we can adapt to things, but you get inured to suffering. You get inured to filth. Uh, you know, I'm sure you started out as a nurse, and the first time a patient's in pain, you want to help them, you want to help them. And then 10 years later, you don't even, you know, you don't even look up from your phone when you hear a patient crying out in pain. And, and that's just human nature. Exactly. So I don't know how we, we gird against that but i guess exactly. it's in the training
0: somehow. There was one year where it was like so bad there were murders in uh, in the lunatic asylum. One they took this one pregnant inmate and they put her in a straitjacket and then they threw her into solitary and that that was another thing like lunatic asylums had solitary confinement. So they threw her into solitary, forgot about her, and she gave birth alone in solitary in a straitjacket. So this got out and a lot of other stories got out. So there was this big Senate investigation. And the man who ran um, the lunatic asylum at the time, I, you know, I, I thought, you know, he was just – he had to be horribly incompetent for all these things going on. And But when I looked into it, there was uh, – When they built the uh, asylum, they were following something called moral treatment, which was the new revolutionary form of treatment at the time. And all it really meant was, we're going to treat them humanely. We're not going to throw them in jail. We're not Mm going to put them in straitjackets anymore. We're going to put them in a nice place, treat them well, feed them well. Of course, none of these things happened. And so they were restraining people all the time and uh, using reasons like um, the Irish... um, who were barely considered human at the time if they become mentally ill their prognosis isn't isn't good they have imperfectly formed brains and also the idea was that women were more unmanageable than men so we have to put them in straitjackets mm-hmm. And so that was one of the things that came out in my research was I thought this guy you know, was this nightmare of a guy, and then I re- realized that actually he, when he got there, he saw how horrible it was, and he started keeping track of how often people were restrained, mm-hmm. and it was like thousands and thousands, like all the time essentially – And he started a book, Keeping Track of Who Was Being Restrained When, in order to do something about it. And the people who worked there saw that he wanted to reform things, and they saw a threat to their jobs. So they basically stonewalled everything he tried to do. And so the commissioners got rid of him because they said he can't manage his people. He's incompetent.
2: So, I have a question. So, the entire time I'm thinking about, like, okay, here we are roughly, what, 120 years later, and we're looking back in horror at all of these things that happened. But, like you said, it was, I don't want to say rarely, but oftentimes it was not necessarily that this person was bad. It was just an institutional failing rather than a personal failing. I'm curious to know, in 120 years from now, when people are looking back at the current state of incarceration and the prison system in America. What things are they going to be most appalled about? And what things will not have changed from 120 years uh, before now?
0: Well, I wonder, like, uh, one of the things I saw... Writing this book was, I believe, the roots of the mass incarceration that we are experiencing now began on Blackwell's Island. It just started sending people in there in greater and greater and greater numbers, and the people who were being sent there was just a very limited population. It was it, 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 well, one of the wardens um, at um, for one of the prisons wrote in an annual report. He said, "You know, I can't help but notice that you." Only send poor people to me. We know the wealthy commit crimes, so what's the deal? And the Women's Prison Association noted the same thing, and so they went to um, uh, the courts to just sit and watch. You know who was being sent to Blackwell's Island? Like, how did that happen? And they basically saw that um, wealthy people, if they showed up at all, their cases were either just. Immediately dismissed, or they were charged you know a fine that they could easily pay, and they went home and the only people left going to prison were poor people. Another thing I discovered um, and this is something that we were talking about before, was more women were being sent to the workhouse for a a period of a few decades than men and if, I thought that's interesting, so I looked into that and I found that they were being sent um, usually for committing the crime of disorderly conduct. And that was a law that still exists today, basically says if you're making a nuisance of yourself in some way in public, the police can arrest you and send you to jail. And women were being picked up. And convicted at great rates for disorderly conduct. And the Irish. It was used. So it basically came to mean whatever the police wanted it to mean. And so they could apply it to any group they wanted it to apply to. Were the police
5: also largely Irish?
2: Not at the time, I don't think. Not at that time? No. uh,
0: No, they were. Oh,
2: yeah. they really? Yeah. When Teddy Roosevelt was police commissioner, like, the predominantly... Yeah, it was predominantly Irish. It's weird that they would have like an entire group of people
3: that they would shit on, and then be like, "Oh, you're going to be in charge of keeping order." Like, you know, I don't know. It just seemed odd. It just seemed odd at the time.
0: I always like <clears throat> wonder like when people vote in politicians who are essentially going to make their lives worse. Like, why? It's, to me, it's a similar disconnect.
2: Right. Well, that's something that we're always grappling with. We're grappling with that right now. We started off the show talking about a elected official depending on your point of view that uh was elected by people whose interests he is not going to necessarily represent.
0: Yeah.
5: You're giving me Even this. Though
2: he says he is. Yeah.
5: Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you the, the eye roll because it's such, you know, it's such a trite re- repetition of yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears> throat> we'll throat> see. I mean, We'll see in the next election if if they think he's. Uh, I mean, do we want to really talk about this? Because there's no way to talk about it without sounding like defending Trump, and I don't mean to defend Trump, but you know, it, in in any normal situation, if Obama were president today and didn't tweet, people would say, "Oh my God, look how great the country is doing." And, and any time I've ever been alive, when I don't know if I've ever been alive when the economy was cooking like it is now, but they always credited the president. I mean, I was always skeptical of it, but they always credited the president. Oh, my God, he's doing a great job. Yet, the the thing that everybody's supposed to say now is, that, well, the, the people who elected Trump, they should know he's not looking out for their interest. Well, if it, economics is, is the first interest, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just think that it's just, uh, it's a lot more complex than what you're saying. Well, yeah, of course it is. Now, I'm not saying Trump is credit for the economy or not credit for the economy, I'm just saying that this is the first time I've ever seen that the president wasn't credited with the economy. There were so many memes on Facebook quoting all the Obama statistics. We all saw them, you know, but of the unemployment. And none of them were as good as what's going on now. Right. And everybody's like, oh, Obama, Obama, Obama. And now with, with Trump, it's like, oh, no, that's, that's, that doesn't even, doesn't even matter what's going on in the country. Right, he yeah. is an asshole. We know he's an asshole. So don't even don't even – don't even distract me with facts and figures about how great things are right now. You know, it doesn't matter that we have what is it six or seven million unfilled jobs in the country right now. Half of them yeah. are in his administration. <laughs> all right. uh, I mean, there's just, there's just such sp- a <laughs> that's pretty funny. There's such a uh, you know, humans just have trouble with objectivity. That's all. It's like this Elizabeth Warren thing. Like she's she's just lying right through her teeth. Everybody knows it. Oh, yeah, she's a, she fucked up doing
3: that stupid ass DNA test or whatever. Yeah, but well, she, yeah. she
5: fucked up when she lied about it. And she fucked up when she tried to pretend she was Native American. She, yeah, she fucked yeah, her yeah. Real, but to me, that lie is totally Trumpian. I mean, it's a oh, big yeah. lie and it's ridiculous and it's humiliating and she's pretending. I said earlier that that DNA test is like Trump standing in front of the picture of the inauguration saying, I had the biggest crowd size ever. Yeah, And absolutely. you see the picture. She's like, I'm a Native American. And she shows, it could be, could be 100 years ago. Right. <laughs> One, and she's not even embarrassed. Mm-hmm. No. But the same people who will like just will literally start crying about Trump. They're like, oh, yeah, she's making sense. Like yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, personally, I and Stacey, I, I would love to hear your opinion about it too. Um, I think the biggest fuck up for her isn't that she released it, but that she's even acknowledging this. Like to get, to, hasn't every politician who's taken on Trump, who's gotten down in the mud with him, lost?
5: This is what he uh, thrives if upon. She could have right. produced a DNA no, test that said she was fifty percent Native American. I think she'd have quite a victory on her hands. To, a DNA test that says she might be 10 generations away from what might not even be Native American because they didn't have Native American DNA, So they, which I don't understand because my kids, who are 3% Native American, it shows up as Native American on their test. But whatever that is, maybe it's the same methodology. Right. 10 gener- who would ever call themselves any ethnicity that they found a trace element six or 10 generations in the past? it's absurd well someone who
2: had something
5: to prove if there was absolutely zero then
2: there's it's not likely she would have ever released anything every DNA test
5: my DNA I came out 97% Ashkenazi Jew there's 3% other stuff am I supposed to start pretending that's what I am
3: Right, yeah, like, I'm, like, 1% Sub-Saharan African. I, oh, not, use the N-word. Right, yeah, I would love to. Uh, <laughs> no,
5: no, I'm saying that's, what, but that's, she's, she's no, know, about 1% I, Native American. No, I agree it's, with you. It's exactly like him saying, yeah, I'm black. Yeah, like that. My, um, my mom couldn't marry my dad because, you know, they said she was black, so they had to elope. Harvard, How absurd Harvard,
3: is this? Harvard called her the first woman of color yeah, it's, at it's, their institution. It's like, no, she's
5: not. This is stunning.
0: I, I don't know what the origin story is of all this. Did, did Was there somebody in her family that was this just like inherited, like it's all made up. The
3: whole origin. She's from Oklahoma, and they and she, her grandparents grew up telling her about. Their we don't even. Know, we don't even know if that part is true. We'll say – well. that's what her story is, is that uh, she grew up saying like her grandparents told
5: her that generations gone by, were, right. they
3: were Indian. No, right. so she's and, and she mom. said
5: that her father couldn't marry her mother because it was a scandal in the family because her mother was Cherokee, so they had to elope. <laughs> I didn't I mean, know and, that. And, Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, and none of this is corroborated by anybody. Then all of a sudden – and she never mentioned that She was Native American. All of a sudden, she shows up at Harvard and she – Contributes to the Pow Wow Chow Native American cookbook and says so yeah. she's the. Only, I mean, this is this is stunning stuff. It's little and it literally, we're not exaggerating to say that she is less Native American by her own admission than you are African American, right? And people are looking at this with, without just saying, like, "Get the fuck out of here!" and 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 yet people are swallowing this. And but the good part is, if if you if you buy this stuff, then there is no more identity politics. Yeah. Like if, if that's enough to call yourself something, then we're all everything. Yeah, I would love which is a nice outcome. Yeah, which is a nice outcome. Well, to be
2: fair, number one, I mean, she's probably but we are going being to... we are being fair. <laughs> no,
0: she, I, I. Uh, s- you th- see this?
5: Is, she, she's what I'm saying. If this was Trump, we would be all dancing on yep. this. <laughs> what, what, what were yeah, you but
0: like say? this is one. Embarrassing story about Elizabeth Warren, and there's a billion about Trump. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And we're focusing on this, and not all the work that she's trying to do to regulate the financial industries, um, to to do something about financial crimes.
5: You don't. She doesn't get a pass because she wants to do good work. She's lying through her teeth, and we used to think that mattered.
0: I don't know that it could be true. It could be true. It's true.
5: Take my word. No, no. I say say that that, uh, if you read about it. It's. Cl- I mean, it's clear. It's clear she's lying through her teeth. But, well, I mean, th- what, we, what what you do know is that sh- she produces DNA test, And we do know I that do the know. DNA test shows her to be a trace element, right. a trace amount of Native American. And we do know that none of us has ever met anybody who walked around calling himself a person of color because they had someone 10 generations in their past who was Native American. That is... Absurd! Crazy, yeah. I've I've asked you a similar question to this before in the past. The Nazis, few hours. by the way, only went back to your grandparents, just for
2: context. <laughs> so why why does Elizabeth Warren lying about her heritage bother you more than any of the innumerable lies that Trump tells? It doesn't on a daily bother me basis? more. It I mean, does- we're here talking about it. Trump, because it's in the news this week. I mean, so is the Saudi Arabia thing, and Trump we saying We talked about that, that too. Well, Trump. I mean, there there are a million things that Trump is lying about at any given well, time. Forget
5: about Trump. We're talking about Elizabeth Warren. I mean, I, I do. We, I do enjoy when you know someone who claims to be so holier than now gets exposed it's
2: I mean, a hypocrisy for you it's it's less about the it is for me yeah
5: for sure I mean I, I would have to and, think and I ju- and it. I hate identity politics so much I hate I, I've told this story on the show but I'll just tell you like my, my wife is half Indian from India and half Puerto Rican so my children have like three and a half percent sub-Saharan African and three percent Native American they have all kinds of stuff and I guess they present as not white which is what people tell me to me they look like they could be white. But anyway, so apparently they present as not white. So my daughter comes home. She's in first grade. And she says, Dad, you're white, right? I'm like, yeah. She goes, do you treat people badly? I'm like, what do you mean, sweetheart? She goes, well, we learned in school that, you know, white people treat people badly. And I'm like, well, have you ever seen Daddy treat anybody? This is true. Do you ever, yeah. Have you ever seen Daddy treat anybody badly? She goes, well, no, I thought maybe you used to. We learned that they used to. Now, my daughter still believes in the tooth fairy, literally still believes in the tooth fairy and Santa Claus. And she's grown up in a house where she's always seen black people, Asian people. Generally, there's more non-white people than white people in our house. And then all of a sudden one day – and she never even knew there was such a thing as race. All of a sudden she comes home from school one day and now she's very in tune to race. She knows daddy's race is one that she has to worry about. She looks at everybody as their race now. And this is progress. And it makes me sick. And it comes from people like Elizabeth Warren. They're the other people, they're the people pushing this, they're the other people who say, you know what, you should never be able to look out when, when immigrants want to come in. We should never be able to look at where they come from. It doesn't matter where they come from. It's it's racist. But once they're here, no more than twenty percent at Harvard. No more than 20% Asians at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Once you're here, it's very, very important where you come from. You're not just Americans, you know. You're Asian. You're this. You're that. And we're going to count you up and we're going to see how many you can have in each in each American place. And it, it really makes me sick to my stomach. That sounds reasonable. Yeah, yeah but not no,
0: everybody agree. has households like yours. I mean, in New York, it's a, an entirely different thing than other parts of America where they're not aware
5: why are they teaching first graders that? White I know
0: people? that was actually my first thought. What stories? What 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 this part of history is, were they talking about?
5: Nutty white guilt. Yeah. That, but is, did is, you that ask her what what, what
0: what were they talking about that day?
5: Did you about, about something about blacks? Maybe Jim Crow. I don't even know what they I, I did. But the
0: first grade. I, you know what?
5: I didn't ask her too much. Cause I wanted to go in and ask the teacher, and then I said I don't want to be that parent, so I just kind of let it go. It's best just to talk about it on podcasts. Well, it's okay to talk about pie. I don't want to make trouble at the school because they sure. still have to deal with me, yeah. me and, and, and my, my children. I have a son coming up behind her. It's just the idea of it. Is but it like, a private school? No, public school. Oh, wow. Now, I grew up, you're a little bit younger than me maybe, but at a time when older we were- really, Older than you. Older than me? That, uh, that we were, this was the opposite of what we thought goal of the civil rights movement was. I mean, the very opposite. It was supposed to be a time when you really didn't care about color anymore, and you really... and. And and the movement made a lot of progress with people by appealing to that high-minded ideal.
0: You know what? I think you'll appreciate this. I will never forget, and this was early 70s, um, Richard Pryor was on the Johnny Carson show, and there was an elderly white woman there talking about, oh, black and white, it doesn't make any difference, we're all the same, talking basically what the feeling was at the time. And Richard Pryor goes, you're out of your mind. (laughs) And then lays into her and it was like she was near tears and I felt bad for her. But he was saying, oh, it very much makes a difference. My life is nothing like yours. But he was being. Yeah,
5: but that's not what I'm not saying it didn't make a difference. I'm saying we were we were supposed to be striving the whole the whole. It's ironic to me. But I think
0: what I'm saying is what he was saying is we first have to point out what these issues and problems are before we yeah, get to I, that.
5: I, I, okay. I, I'm, off, I'm off for that. Not, maybe not to a first grader. No. But what they should be teaching fifth graders is what happened, but what they taught us. But it was wrong. It's And it's always wrong to judge anybody by the color of your skin. It shouldn't matter what the color of your skin is. That, that, I mean, we're dealing in an America now which is way more diverse than it was in the 70s. How can we hold together? I mean, this is nuts. Who would have thought that 50 years of progress in civil rights would have meant that we all came to like the, the conclusion that it's okay to bash white people for being white? Like this is we finally got where we wanted to be, so we can we can say to dumb white males and white this and white that, and then lo and behold, why are these people voting against their own interest? Like I can't believe these white people, like called the toothless white people, got me upset. I can't believe they're not voting for the Democrats. Well, maybe because the Democrats are telling them that yeah. they stand for evil. Well, I that remember that they're after- bad, that they're born bad, that you can disparage any any like the the white. Um, believe me, I, I thought. Camino but I'm like, sure
0: that's not what your daughter was taught that day.
5: No, but. I'm saying this is the whole mentality. It's implicit. I thought Kavanaugh should not have been approved. But it struck me that when they were complaining about all the men on the Senate Judiciary Committee, the Republicans, which is legit to talk about, that wasn't enough for them. All the white men, as if it Mm -hmm. had been like all black men or all Muslim guys, oh, they would have been so much more understanding. Like, why
0: the gratuitous knock on their color? That's not what they meant. They just meant it always is white men.
5: But but why is it OK to bring up somebody's race as a criticism of them? They're born white. They got elected. Their states are white.
0: It's just pointing out that it's always white. right? But the men. Congressional
5: Black Caucus, that's such a that's that's so wonderful. And that actually is that actually is organization based on race. But you can't say, you know, you guys, it's, it's totally fine for you to, to organize based on who you are. But anyone else who organizes based on who they are, well, that's some sort of that's some sort of evil afoot there. But the fact is, the Republicans in Judiciary Committee—I where I don't know what states they're from—Oklahoma, Utah, whatever it is. These are from states that are 95 percent white. So, so what are we doing here, bashing them for being white? It's it's just a national obsession that is just bad for us. I mean, what good is coming out of this? And an interesting corollary. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, is, go, ahead, no, somebody, go ahead. Is somebody black?
2: Going to be better off from this? Right. Our, uh, our We have a friend who's a black writer, a young black writer. Who's and, we? Uh, you and I. Uh, Coleman. Oh, yeah, and, Coleman Hughes, and, yeah. And uh, he, he had a piece recently about how... Um, he has a piece out today, but I haven't read it yet. It's impolitic for him to say this as a black man, but he said that uh, nowadays it's uh, become commonplace for black candidates to use their race as a qualification for higher office. So you have people running for governor in Georgia in Florida uh, and elsewhere who were saying like elect me I I am a black person and you know it bothered Coleman because you know he wants to be presumably a uh, he wants to achieve things in life based on merit and if a and as he pointed out if a white candidate was to get up and say elect me I'm a white person I will represent your interest uh, better than
5: this person of a different color over here people would have a big problem with that yeah I mean there is something different about the two things because usually when you organize it you see this it's kind of changing in my mind always 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 in the past when people organized on whiteness it was racism because white people never even felt any nationality, like you're Irish, Italian, whatever it is. So the people who felt like their whiteness, that was like KKK stuff. But it is kind of changing all of a sudden because if you bash people enough as something, they begin, okay, we're something. If, the, if everybody's going to view us this way, then I guess we do have interests all of a sudden. If, if there is now a movement to limit us to a certain number of something or whatever it is as white people, then all of a sudden we have a common interest as white people. So they're creating in some sick way this this white nationality because you can't have every single other nationality and ethnicity in the country divided up and just say that the, the white people are, are, are not part of that same division. They're dividing everybody. We used to have one population of the country which was – Uh, had been treated very badly and was rightly ambivalent about their feelings about America. That was African-Americans who had a unique uh, experience here that we uh, had to, that we owed them a debt uh, uh, and and still owe them a debt.
0: Not unique, but go ahead. What's that? Not unique. I mean, other groups.
5: Enslaved.
0: Yeah, but Native Americans were slaughtered. Germans and Irish were yeah, not but, as bad, no, but no.
5: I, I, th- I, I would say that the slave trade makes the African Amer- Native Americans are not Americans, but but uh, they're not American citizens. But that's a, that, I guess there's two there's two competing atrocities. But the the African Americans, are uh, I, I, whatever they, you know, I don't have to say they're worse. But it, it was unique, and they're Americans, and they are ambivalent about their nation. But the rest of us were, were the rest of us. And now you have people coming from, like, Sarah Jung, this New York Times writer. We talk about this every week. People get sick of this. But she, she's she's like, was she first-generation immigrant or she was actually an immigrant? Anyway, first-generation. First-generation immigrant. And in one generation, she's on an editorial board of the New York Times. Now, you would think someone, you would say, what she'd be like, oh, my God, America's awesome. I just yeah. got here from, Sa-. no, she, all she does is bash this country. Yeah. It's. My father was a fuller brush man, scrubbed the floors, drove a cab, was a merchant seaman, dealt with rank anti-Semitism. He's an immigrant. Came here when he's nine years old, dealt with rank anti-Semitism all the time. And you could bring him to tears with patriotic talk about Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln. He was very much of, of that generation. Yet three, four generations later... These spoiled kids who have never done anything, never suffered, never even lived in fear or unsafety, hate this country and its past. But the dumb immigrants who came over here who really suffered from where they came from and and had it very hard when they got here, they loved this country. So what's going on there? And something to add also to Stacey,
2: you you mentioned how Irish were also subjugated and and whatever. It wasn't until, what, the 1970s, uh, the 1980s, up until then, you and I wouldn't have been considered white. Jews and Italians weren't. No, Jews were always considered white. We were in,
0: yeah. the Irish were not considered white. Yeah,
2: well, that's what I'm maybe, saying. it wasn't until recently, None.
5: relatively recently, that these two groups were considered white. Before my grandparents were white. I don't know if that's right. When just when the, the Brandeis and Cardozo, these old Supreme Court justices, I guess in the 20s and 30s, uh, these were nobody said they were non-white people. Well, I
2: mentioned court. this. I mentioned this to Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz, who's a friend of ours. And uh, friend he, of yours, a friend of ours. He <laughs> he he loves you. Uh, um, <laughs> he, he. Uh, I, I said he's this exact. A admirer. <laughs> yeah, he is an admirer. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, but he, I mentioned this to him that my grandparents would have balked at the idea that they were white, and he said, "I've experienced that in my life, and so I can only imagine how somebody who's now eighty years old, who grew up fighting against what he perceived to be unfair discrimination and
5: racism, is now all of a sudden labeled a white supremacist for." Yeah, well, th- there you're right. The white supremacy did not include Jews. Like the KKK, actually, Jews were their number one enemy. So in that sense, you're right. But I think you may be overstating the the idea that Jews were considered to be a different race or something. And, the, and like the Irish, it was Irish need not apply. They would and treat Italians. They, we hear these signs like black. Yeah, they were they, they were lower than black people in terms of in the eyes of employers and stuff like that. But uh, but racially, they were. Of a white race. I mean, there's only a certain number of races, and they had to be one of them. They weren't black. They weren't Chinese, you know, Asian. In the
0: 19th century, it was pretty literal. I mean, yes, they were white, but still, the the rest of the population thought they were barbarians, like the Catholicism. Yes, barbarians, yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in, in,
5: in, in the Jim Crow South, Irish people didn't have to use the colored restrooms. That's my point. They're,
0: yeah, but it, so it was a different grade of whiteness yeah. they yeah. weren't
5: I just said he's overstating. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm yeah. not saying the bigotry wasn't there. I'm just saying it, it it's you hear this on the well they we weren't considered white. No, you they were considered white, I believe. Generally they were considered white. Just Third class citizens, maybe even lower class of citizens than homegrown African Americans were considered. At the
0: time. No, it, it really was more literal than that. It, they're not quite white.
5: I guess. Well, the thing is, though. I mean, I don't know.
3: To Noam's point, though, uh, I think like a movement like the Proud Boys and these boot boys and these sort of guys, they arise from being told that because. You're white. You're evil, inherently evil. And I know one guy who's a proud boy. I, I did a. I've known him for years, and he didn't used to be that way. He grew up in a cult, and he didn't really have an identity or anything like that. But then uh, he started getting racially profiled because he's a white guy, and then he just started to align. How do you get racially profiled because you're a white? Guy? He like by by like leftist groups and whatnot. Like they're like they're telling like what you know. Your daughter came home and said like, "Yo, you're white. You're an evil person or whatever." And th- here's a guy who never like had. Identity to himself, and now he's like lost, but he's being told he's a member of this group, so now he's going to align himself with this group. And well, he sounds like a little mentally ill, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can you bring him to the show? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I'll message him. He needs uh, some
5: Electric shock, <laughs> <completed. laughs>
3: but I'm just saying, though, it's like, it is like is like when I was in the Navy, uh, I was, uh, you know, whenever you take tests and move up in rank, they would. Uh, If there are special interest groups or minority groups That they wanted to see more diversity from In the military, they gave them extra points Like if you're a Filipino and I'm white They give you extra 20 points just because You're a Filipino because, on an exam Because they need more For whatever reason, more diversity of Filipinos in the upper ranks And so you're just like, well, I've, you know I, lack of a better term, felt discriminated against just because I'm
5: white. But I'm working. You, you were discriminated against, and but, Filipinos. That's what I'm saying. We don't have a history of of keeping Filipinos down in this country. Right. They, they, they've, they've they've this has jumped the guardrails from what was to redress the very bad treatment of African Americans to to treating every single thing that you can identify as different and, and counting them up. And now you have to have a it's it's nuts.
2: Yeah. Stacy, what was the um, statistic you mentioned downstairs with me and Marina about the uh, the imprisonment of blacks and Asians being considerably higher? Oh, no. <laughs>
0: um, I, I wrote a book about the police department's cold case squad. They go back through old unsolved homicides to see if there are any they can solve. So um, I just got into the subject, so I researched um, about 100 years of unsolved murders in New York, and one of the things I came across was if you were African-American or Asian, your murder um, was four times as likely to go cold.
5: Wow. Hmm. I hope they can find out who killed uh, Nicole Brown Simpson. If only they had a lead.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> if only they had a hundred points of evidence. Yeah,
5: right. Uh, I mean, one thing that I will say <laughs> is that I um, oh, she's Sarah Zhang. was born in South Korea. Okay, she is born in South Korea in 1988. She's 29 years old. She's on the editorial board of the New York Times. Is this yeah.
0: an obsession with you guys?
5: Yeah. Well, of it, this yes, show. yes, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, think about. She went to Harvard Law School. This is. In any normal situation, this would be an example of how fantastic America is. Yet she has nothing but bitterness towards this country well, and white people. Okay. All right. Well, try, try going to South Korea and getting on the board of the most important South Korean newspaper as, as an American born in America. Dude, it, you, I, could, you could do that. Oh, come on.
0: I don't read her, but do you disagree with the things that she points out?
5: I haven't read her either. <laughs> <laughs> I read her tweets. I don't know if she started writing for the Times yet. No, but I, I read her tweets. <laughs> okay. I said, hashtag kill all white people. I love to see white people suffer. Like, like, it. Did she oh.
0: really say that?
5: Yes. Yes, she really did. I, oh, she, actually, no. she actually really did. I'll get you the tweet. I mean, the reason
2: why I say that is because as someone who lived in Asia uh, for, what, three years? Yeah. They pass you to the front of the line if you are white and if you're a white male especially you get treated so much better you get treated like a rock star wherever you go people want to I take will, pictures with you yeah. People will. Uh, you will get better jobs women don't get white women I should say don't get nearly the, uh, the attention and the um, what is the word I'm looking for uh, the heaps of praise that, uh, that white men receive I, so, I always
4: say if you want to know how good it is to be American just travel you know, travel and see how people treat you Just for being, you know uh, Well, in
2: the age of Trump but before,
4: that, I would say before Bush a little bit you Yeah, know, was I would awesome agree before Bush. I mean, know,
2: walking yeah. around under Obama was awesome yeah. and, and, you know, now I'm Like, as someone who spent most of my life Living outside of the United States I, I'm not particularly keen to, to Uproot myself and move anywhere Because, mm-hmm. you know
5: Oh man, it's kind of sick how much joy I get Out of being cruel to old white men Dumbass fucking white people making up the internet with their opinions like dogs pissing on hydrants. Hashtag cancel all white people. Uh... I mean, uh, she's on. She works for the New York Times. She's on the editorial board of the New and York Times, which her. I think is fine. I think I think is fine. By the way, I, I just think that. But it, it's just a double standard. If I, I if I fine. said
3: that but if I said that about
5: Koreans, no, I, you you would I would never, lose you, my yeah. I couldn't even. You might not even get get a spot at the. You wouldn't even give yourself a spot. I get at a spot your, my own at Your show. dumb comedy show. You know, he was he was the only. <laughs> they, they, did a whole, they did a whole New York Times story about uh, comedy clubs. Who would put Louis C.K. on? And they asked this. guy Everybody said we put him on. We put him on. They finally got down to his his show, and he said, "I would not have that man." Are you serious? He did.
3: I did. I did. did. I gave it a caveat. I said because he wasn't talking about uh, what was going on with them. I said, but as long as he did, I would put him up. And my show has been packed ever since. Thanks <laughs> for the free pass. I appreciate. Is that true? You yeah. All right, so it's just business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I hate to be cynical, but I'm.
5: I'm not dumb. To to return to what you were just talking about, the be- you know it might be the. the Joke about the little Jewish kid. I'm gonna get it wrong. Little Jewish kid in uh, first grade class, and a bunch of Jewish and the teacher asked him, "Who's the most important man in history?" And the the little religious Jewish boy said, "Jesus was the most important man." The teacher said, "That's right." And afterwards, his friends come to say, "Shlomo, what's going on? Like, why'd you say Jesus?" He goes, "Look." I know, Moses the most, I know Moses is the most, I know Moses is the most important man in history, but business is business. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, that's our Jewish humor. So anyway, so that's, so, so, okay. You, if, if that's the reason you said it about Louis, that's okay. Business is business. I mean, but if you meant it, if you really think Jesus is the best guy, you're in trouble. The, to return to your point about how you would get in
2: trouble if you had said those exact same things about Koreans that Sarah Jong said about white people, yeah. the devil's advocate, Argument of a uh, of a hardcore lefty would be: Look, it's not the same if you're talking about people in power versus people out of power, people who have held power for hundreds of years in this country and subjugated every minority versus any yes. one of those minorities. They,
0: they, they do, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> thank you. But this
5: is the thing: coming out of a black person's mouth. First, I would I would still find it troubling because because we because people should understand that there's a there's a cost to that kind of that kind of unsophisticated unsophisticated way of making points. But out of a a resentful, a a black person's mouth who had the resentment of growing up black in America and whatever indignities they suffered, I would have some tolerance for that. But I do see it quite differently when someone who arrived here as a little girl goes to Harvard Law School before she's 30 years old is one of the... preeminent positions of journalism on the planet Earth. For her to have that kind of bitterness... Is offensive to me. Okay.
2: Offensive, no end. Well, that's not to say that Asian people in this country have been treated any better. I mean, like ask yeah, yeah, any uh, of the yes, so Asian, of yes, Asian, of yeah. Asian,
5: people have been treated much better. As California, the people who built the railroads, who, no, who yeah. I don't know about that, but i was saying in, in the last hundred, listen, Asians have the highest. They they do. They make more money than Jews now. They make the most money. That's a lot of money.
4: <laughs> yeah, I like that comparison. You know, Jews uh, is the standard.
5: But, right. but this is my point, Mike. You th- you think when my father, I mean, he told stories. He would tell me about being Jewish growing up and this is in New York it was constant anti-Semitism I mean my father was 30 I think when the Pope finally forgave the Jews for killing Christ this was this was a mainstream thing how come he didn't have all this resentment towards America was he was he not getting something was he missing something was he stupid that he didn't realize instead of loving the country he should have really been resentful for it when he came over here at nine years but, old but and it, all of a sudden found a life for himself but, that he never could have conceived I, of in any place you, you, else in
4: the world. You, when you say she's, she does stuff against white people, but then you say she resents the country. So you're kind of making the country is all about just white people. Well, that's how
3: I feel like that's how she frames it. Yes, and then she also is also under the assumption that every white guy is a person of power, and I understand the the connotations of white privilege and having I'm a tall white guy, so I seem like I probably do better. But like, my dad was a heroin addict. I don't remember getting any. Power in the single wide trailer I was born in, like, uh, it, like, I. Well, I, you don't
2: get followed around grocery stores just because you're
3: neither of does your Sarah
5: Zhang. Yeah, neither does she, and and, and uh, it's it's under the assumption... And that's not even and um, that's even the store the grocery stores that she doesn't own. Go ahead. <laughs> but what, what, what I'm saying is though is that it's a little Korean joke. Come on. Now.
3: What, what I'm saying <laughs> is that the, 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 Deli joke. There's a there's a level of anger that I think that you could got place against <laughs> specific people in power or against certain institutions, but to say across the board like she's talking about like every every she hates on every old white guy what if one of those old white guys was gnome's father i don't know if he's still with us or not but like but like a, it, you know a guy who had to work his way up and was disenfranchised himself and now like i, I see an old white guy i shit on him because he's white like fuck that well, well that, listen never, if it's, it's if it's
4: working for her maybe business is business you know I, maybe I saw, she's not really like that it's I, remarkable that i it's saw a woman this. on the it's street
2: in yeah. brooklyn recently who was wearing a t-shirt at shirt that said, I'm tired of having old white men explain things to me. Yeah, and that that
5: I, I didn't feel okay. About you get that. called, you get accused of mansplaining all the time, <laughs> all I, the time. Yeah, yeah. Do it. I'm tra- I? Do. I'm
0: sitting here trying to think I, how to explain it to you, and I'm just feeling exhausted. I mean, <laughs> that T-shirt. You sound I like mean, his father. I mean. It's, it's not like they could do that t-shirt, you know, except for, you know, my uncle who was nice. And then I had a teacher in the second grade who was, you know, it, it's it's a generalization. And I'm sure even if you spoke to this woman, she would say, I don't mean all old white men. She's making a joke and a generalization, just like you probably would.
5: No, no, she, she she's not joking. Uh, uh, that t-shirt doesn't... And she's doesn't
0: talking mean. about anger that maybe she didn't experience, but she, she's an intelligent, educated woman she's witnessing and she's aware of. She's addressing... A problem that is real.
5: Look, I I could go with you on that if there wasn't such a zero tolerance towards everybody else about any kind of joke. Like even this little Korean joke that I that I made just now, i may get in big trouble for that. Maybe the only reason I get a pass is because I own the comedy cellar. But I mean, the the you cannot have. That's why it's, it's vulgar. You can't have a situation where you cannot. Make any jokes, any comments, anything about it, except you can say anything you want about white people. You can actually decide that white people are bad, and you can say it, and you can complain about them, and you can, and you can make assumptions about them, and you can actually just tear down the entire logical structure of what we used to believe it meant to not judge people by the color of their skin.
0: There's something liberating about saying things like that, because for so long we never did, and it was a real problem.
5: No, it wasn't a problem that we didn't judge people. It, it's never a problem. I don't believe it's ever a problem to always, always, always tell people to judge people as individuals. Always. But maybe maybe I'm not getting this right, Stacy. Stacey. But Nobody's, well, complaining. Nobody's complaining about the white men on the Democratic Judiciary Committee. Well, it most had it,
0: of the women I know are.
2: And had it been all white men on the Democratic side of it, the, but they have Kamala Harris, they have Mazie Hirono, they have Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, but how does that? But what is that? What about the white guys on the committee? Or should we assume that they're good guys or bad guys? Well, they're on the they're, Democratic side, so people on the
5: left assume yeah, they're only they're only defective if no, they're surrounded by other white guys.
0: No, they're just saying that there's a, just a little more evenness there. Not. No one is saying, for instance, there should be no white senators. They're saying there shouldn't be all white what senators. What does that have to do
5: with their ability to judge uh, whether or not uh, Dr. Ford was was uh, credible or not? Uh, what does their race have? I understand, I understand the sex there. This is a sexual harassment issue. I understand you want that men may not be able to identify with her. That's rational. What does their race have to do with it? Have you? Did you ever see that catcalling video that went viral about five years ago? Yeah, yeah. where a, where, white, around Harlem? where a white girl with a black uh, with a big ass tried to walk around Harlem. Yeah, and just got catcalled and catcalled and catcalled by, by the by the by by black people and Hispanic people. But somehow white people are, are are really need to be suspect. I mean, this is dudes.
0: But if you say you can understand that um, men may not be able to. Experience from a woman's perspective. Why is it not fathomable to you that white people may not understand life from a, a person of color's experience? That is
5: fathomable to me, but that so, would but so I, that's why. But, that's people- not, but, that's, but, that, but they were talking about the judiciary committee and Doctor Ford. That that is fathomable to me, and absolutely. But but I would not. But that's why people. But I wouldn't criticize them for being white.
0: I'll agree with you there, but if you're in the position where you're always the minority, you are going to rail against a group of men if all of them are white. And as a result, well, so you're
5: also going to identify with people. Well, all who are I got to tell you, minority. growing up Jewish in a first in, a, in an immigrant household, I, I never heard uh, uh, that kind of thing. What I mean, kind of thing? I never. We, we never had resentment towards. Uh, we never. I mean, you, you, it's true that every minority say, well, you know, we'll say, oh, the Goyim, this or you know, like like in a very. Um, Tongue in cheek, uh, kind of No, way. not tongue in cheek, but in the fact that you're under siege in a way. But it would, but but the overwhelming lesson was always that you had to judge people as individuals. You you just could not make mm-hmm. assumptions publicly, proudly wearing a T-shirt about somebody, and you know it, it's it's just wrong. And it's and, and even if it's not wrong, it's tearing the country apart. There is no way to unify the country if we're going to uh, if we're going to emphasize everybody's differences.
0: I wonder how we are going to unify the country.
5: Uh, the only way we can unify the country is by saying we're all America. It doesn't matter where you came from. E pluribus unum, right? Like I had said in one of my emails. What happens when pluribus doesn't want to become unum anymore? What happens when the country doesn't want to be one? But then we're there we're
0: now. So what do we do? You can't just say look, you're saying. I mean, that's we a- have to. We have to try to turn that around. How?
5: I mean, listening- by, 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 by parents like me, should go into that public school and say, "Don't you dare tell my first grade daughter a goddamn thing about the color of her skin."
0: You don't know I what they that. told her, though. I mean. Oh, yes, I do. I, I think but, kids
5: are pretty honest. Yeah. If like, she, no, but... If, she, if could she, could not get, have, she couldn't read. She. Somebody told her that. She came home from school and told me that they told her that. It could be a friend. I'm not
0: saying your daughter was dishonest, but t- people misinterpret what they hear and see all the time. So a first grader is certainly capable of that as well.
2: Can I present a theory? So, If this uh, wasn't everywhere, I would say you're right. It was an anomaly. You, using the struggle for gay rights as an example, it wasn't that long ago that gay people in this country were reviled. And yeah. I'm, I'm the youngest person here. I don't remember that. But uh, in the 1970s and 80s, it was not an okay thing to be gay, right? And it took, what, only 30 years, 40 years since then that gays have been uh, welcomed into society, that it is perfectly fine now. So, In some uh, places. Yeah.
0: In, 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 in among some people, among, yeah.
2: among many people, yes. y- y- uh, in popular culture, it's it's welcomed and proud. Uh, so coveted, even it, oftentimes it's coveted. Yeah. It's a, it's an example of uh, how diverse you are. Yeah. Um, oftentimes you see, I see it on Facebook all the time, my gay friends talking about, uh, oh, the heteros are talking about this, the cishets are talking about that, <laughs> Ta- talking disparagingly of uh, heterosexual people. Now, uh, that that's, doesn't bother me as much for some well, reason. Well, but, okay, but let's compare it. So, perhaps it's an overcorrection of all of the um, inequalities that have happened in history, but as this becomes more and more ingrained in mainstream society, isn't? don't you think everybody's just kind of Kind of chill out?
5: I don't know. I don't know. The the, the I I don't know. And, and and the white thing actually bothers me the least. The the uh the limitation on Asian achievement infuriates me. It just it goddamn infuriates me. Why is that? Because why are we treating them differently than anybody else? What? Like what what is so hard to say, okay, they're Americans, just like me and Steven, whatever it is and, and me they they have no history of discrimination or they have no they have no history of uh, being discriminated against or they have no history of being responsible for discrimination not that it matters if somebody your same color or same ethnicity once did discriminate against somebody listen it, it, but but yet they are somehow being segregated to and limited in their achievement in some way, it's just madness. Wait, I, like, I'm
0: not sure what you're saying. They're, they're talking about the
5: Harvard, the, the quotas to limit the number of Asians at universities. They, like if they, and look, if if you believe all this stuff, my children are born oppressed. They're victims because they're people of color. Their father is born of privilege. Their mother is a victim. And if, 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 uh, if I were to – and if they – if I have something, even no matter how hard I work for it, if I have something, it's because of my privilege. If my children inherit it, no, that's not, that's not their white privilege because they're not white. So, the, I mean, it's madness to, to to start trying to make decisions about people, what they have, what they've accomplished outside the experience of – who they were? If they had a privileged upbringing, absolutely they were privileged. Bill Cosby's children, I'm sure, were privileged. O.J. Simpson's children, were privileged. You're you're describing a, a, a child of extreme lack of privilege, mm-hmm. and you're going to be dismissed because you're white, right? Which is that, that's bigotry. We're saying we don't need, we we could see you as a baby, and we don't even we don't even need to follow you. Because we know it doesn't matter what happens to you, good or bad. We don't
2: need to know anything about your life. We just know that you are a person of privilege and Barack Obama's kids are not. Right. Yeah, exactly.
3: And this passes passes
0: for logic. Yeah. I don't know anybody would say that, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, that Obama's no, children a, are not privileged? Well, oh.
3: no, well no, 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 Just no. based on optics. Just, like just, how, just you looking
2: look. at two black children and saying that these are people who are victims in society versus looking at one white child and saying that he is a privileged person in
5: society when the reality is that the
2: exact opposite is true. That's okay. the point uh, I
5: was making. Uh, all I'm saying is that I have children. They're, they're, they're not considered white. And I don't see how anybody should be dis- distinguishing between me and them in anything.
0: In a perfect world, they shouldn't be.
5: Well, how do you get to a perfect world? You, well, that's what I am uh, asking. You have to move I, towards it.
0: I, I agree, but yeah. just saying that it doesn't get us We're towards moving it. Moving away from it. I agree, yeah. and, but and and it's I, I can't even look at a newspaper anymore. My Twitter feed, I have to like yeah, blur I my eyes and. Yeah.
5: It's horrible. It's, there's never been a worse time. You yeah, know those Asian. Aging- <laughs> I
0: agree. Well, no, for that's in your my lifetime, talking. in my lifetime.
5: No, it, 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 there's never been a worse time. For there's been. Listen, if if you did if you just get rid of your phone, like just get rid of your goddamn phone. Just get rid of it, or get a flip phone that doesn't have any, you know, uh, push notifications. Words. Um, uh, you might think this is the greatest time ever.
0: Yeah, I've heard that, but, but I, I don't buy it.
5: Well, because every look, I mean, as you said, you know. Uh, Gays can get married and things are, are pretty good in the economy and there's all kinds of creature comforts and, you know, technology and all this stuff. But the political discourse, it, it, it gets the better of us, right? Like it really, it's really upsetting. It's really upsetting
3: I think the reason That there are so many Successful Asian uh, Students at Harvard Is because in the first grade They're not learning About who's bad And who's wrong Based on their color they're Learning math and science At a very <laughs> early yeah. age like, And
2: they're that's,
3: so that's geared towards but, it but go ahead n- No <laughs> yeah. I mean like a lot of Different cultures I know it's a <laughs> Thank you They're just smarter <laughs> <laughs> Well no it's not that They're just smarter it's well, just They that might they- be You don't know Well I mean It's in the genes Perhaps No
5: I don't know Don't, don't, don't say that P-
3: Perhaps But I'm just saying Like if you want a, a way to to, to uh, maybe get things a little bit more equal is to actually have an emphasis on education and not a lot of this dumb identity politics and shit like
5: that. I don't see any need to make it equal. That's what I think I'm saying. Like if you just if you just see them as American, then you don't even need to concern yourself whether Harvard is 50 percent Asian or 10 percent Asian or 90 percent Asian. It is what it is. We're all Americans. Right. But well, to that point. What's so crazy about that? Like, do you think I – would I, I – I've said this before. Nothing would make me prouder of America than for, like, Harvard to be 60% Asian. I say, look at that. Look look at look at how we are. They came in one generation, and 60% of Harvard is Asian. It means that we are what we say we are. We don't care from anyone. But but uh, people look – like, think I'm. Like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm some right wing nut for saying that it's literally a right wing point of view now. That's what's astonishing. We, I
0: don't think that it is.
5: Oh, oh, it is. It is. It is. That is a right wing.
0: Not how you just described it there.
5: It, to, to say it doesn't matter. Uh, Harvard could be 100 percent Asian. It's OK.
0: No, you would not find any right wing person on Earth to say that. Oh, yeah,
5: they, they, and any libertarian or like, you know, like National Review conservative would say that for sure. I don't know about any, you know, like, obviously no, like, uh, I don't know, Southern uh, Baptist. I don't, I don't even know. They might, too. I don't know. And, and, White supremacists wouldn't say that. but One, one interesting thing. Um I
2: I grew up on army bases in Germany, uh, which is not a typical upbringing for anybody. And one of the great things about growing up there was everybody's parent had a job. There was no kid at my school who was, uh, to my knowledge, really struggling financially. Uh, And army kids are tough. And because it's such a transient atmosphere, everybody's moving around all the time. They make friends really quickly and they do not pay any or, or perhaps very, very little regard to a person's race, a person's gender, a person's sexual orientation. And so, in my particular upbringing, there was no regard for any of this stuff. It was upon moving to America at the age of 21 where I had to teach myself to pay attention to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, th- that's, that's a black guy walking down the street. Or, oh, that's a white girl. or like This was not on anybody's radar. And so it, I find it very—I'm resentful in some ways that this is all of a sudden something that I am having to pay attention to. Um, now, the the argument against that would be, well, you're not a person of color, so you don't know what possible issues that they were having at the time at my high school. But my best friend was black, and I, I never once heard him talk about okay, this. Okay, we
5: got to wrap it up. But just to be clear, I am not complaining about people of color complaining about the fact that they're not treated properly in this country. That is Neither not was I. What, yeah, That's not just what... to be very clear, that is not what I'm saying. I'm complaining about the fact that it's open season on every... On everybody to count everybody up by, by their race and that, that we're allowed to generalize when it's convenient. Stacy? We have to go. Stacy, go ahead.
0: What? <laughs> do you have any, any final thoughts? I think what we're, what's happening right now is a step in trying to fix that problem. And I do hope it swings around to what you described.
4: Let's all hope so. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, and you can share uh, your information. I'm going to start with the white people, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> this is my podcast, Derek Mays Plains It All. Is this coming out before the weekend?
3: No. Oh, okay. Right. Don't, all right. don't go to his comedy show. Come to my comedy show every <laughs> Sunday night, Mad Tropical, Bushwick, Brooklyn. There you go. Did
5: you, did you host the, the comedy without Louis CK show that was going on? I d- no. Huh. You saw that, was right? There, no, podcast I didn't see that. It, it hasn't ha- happened th- yet. Th- it hasn't happened yet? No.
2: No. Huh? It happens a week from today. No, I haven't. That's
4: crazy. Yeah. Steven? You said the white people go first. What are we
0: doing? (laughs) Share your uh, uh,
4: information. I'm Italian. Ah. Your your Twitter or something. Uh,
2: China, Chinabria, China, B R I A on Instagram and Twitter. And check out the Comedy Sellers radio show and podcast, Live from the Table.
4: I need
5: some new things to talk about. Go ahead. I
0: I write a lot of books, stacyhorn.com.
4: Okay, here we go. And Live from America podcast. Com. Thank you guys very much. Stacy, hey, thank, thank you. Thank you.